How many of you are glad that you live in a free country? 
How many of you are glad that regardless of what country you live in, we have freedom in Christ? If you've repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, you have freedom from your past, from your old self, and you get to experience the freedom and power if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost to keep living for the Lord. We've got several prayer requests that we want to bring before you this morning. I want to continue to remember Sister Denise. It's good to see her here this morning. Uh, also want to continue to remember Brother Randy Odie, uh, Sister Wilkes' upcoming surgery later on this month. want to continue to remember Gabe Collins, uh, also Ella, uh, Sister Spirity's sister. Uh, got a report this week that her cancer had returned, and there's nothing really more that the doctors can do. Uh, but we know a prayer answering God, and we know a God who's in control. Also want to remember Jeff Hobbs, uh, but we've got a, a, a prayer request and a praise report. Sister Vicki Glazier uh, was in the hospital. They found a massive blood clot uh, around her waist, um, but they were able to remove it, and she's recovering, but very scary situation. Uh, also, uh, Brother Kenny Blake, saw him scooter in this morning, so it's good to see him continuing to recover, but want to continue to remember him. If you have a prayer request that maybe wasn't mentioned, or you'd like to receive a prayer cloth or be anointed with oil, we're going to open up the altar. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles. Where we proclaim your is a house of peace. 
If you didn't receive a uh, sheet uh, for today's lesson, when you came in, you can raise your hand and the ushers will be happy to provide you one. Um, but this is, uh, this lesson's title is The Life God Blesses. And when we look in Matthew 5 verses 6, uh, this is a passage of scripture that's very familiar to most of us. Uh, it's from the Beatitudes, but it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And uh, a few things that are there. One, if you can be filled then that means that you can be empty. How many of you have ever felt empty, depleted, down? We've all been there. And uh, pa pastor's raising his hand after, after the week he's, he's spent. Uh, he, he has been near death's door. Uh, but um, 
all of us experience it in varying degrees. Uh, I did not feel like I was dying this week, uh, but uh, th there are, you can um, have, uh, I am speaking for myself. I said I did not feel. Most of the others in the family did, so I was spared this time. But uh, we know uh, each one of us are unique. Uh, we're at different stages. Um, and God knows how to minister to each of us at any stage we're in, and he can minister to us all collectively. It is not all. He can only deal with pastor, and so we're all out of luck. He's able to multitask, thank God. And, uh, but the other thing here that you have to recognize is, A, we can be empty, if we're able to be filled, but we also have to know what we're hungry and what we're thirsting after. It's not just, oh, I want this thing or I want this. We're supposed to be striving and, and towards righteousness. And, and we all know we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that's what we're aiming towards. And when we're aiming towards that, God blesses us whether we are, it may not feel like it at the time, a lot of times we've got to go back and we've got to look at, oh, I went through this. That sure didn't feel like a blessing. But we're able to look back and say, wow, God did this during that time. Or God covered this. Or it could have been this way and God made it this way. And when you are embracing that mindset of I'm going to strive for righteousness. I'm going to hunger and thirst after it. The Lord's going to bless you. Emotionally, spiritually, and you will be filled. One of the ways that you get through all of those things is you get filled with him, you get filled with his spirit, and you're able to overcome and conquer those things. If you've not experienced being filled with his spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Today is a great day as we're selling, celebrating Independence Day for you to celebrate freedom from sin, guilt, shame. Lord bless you.
the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> we are so glad that all of you are here. And I appreciate your prayers for our family. We had indeed uh, <clears throat> several miracles. My wife was out of town ministering and, and uh, got very sick after her last service and got to the airport, was actually so weak and uh, from this stomach thing that uh, they she asked for a wheelchair. They pushed her through. She had to change planes in <clears throat> Detroit and anyway, and uh, got here and came off sick in a wheelchair. And I thought I was going <clears> to <throat> be fine till Sunday morning. And I got here and uh, thank you, Brother David. That's uh, had to take my notes and speak. And I did a good job. <clears throat> so anyway. Um, it was horrific for about four days till Wednesday evening anyway for me. I think my wife got better Wednesday morning. So, But uh, in the meantime, little Isla Joanne um, had a test for the doctors had said she had the markers, genetic markers for cystic fibrosis and they wanted to do a sweat test at Children's and they did that Wednesday and the report came back that uh, she is a, uh, a carrier but is not, the markers were not such to indicate that she would ever get cystic fibrosis. So, praise the Lord. It's a miracle. And one in which I give all the honor and glory to God. So the Lord is doing amazing and great things in this the midst of everything. And of course, I know uh, you probably heard all the news and all of the Supreme Court <coughs> cases and all of these things going on. And our nation needs prayer. Amen. And I know today we're not having service tonight. No choir practice, no service. We do have some games. We were going to do them outside. We've set some up, I think, in the upstairs of the gym. We have hot dogs in the downstairs. We have plenty. You're more than welcome to have one, two, take it home if you don't want to stay. Uh, there's chips. Uh, there's water. There's some uh, uh, other things there. So uh, please uh, go by and take one. If not, I don't think my stomach can eat hot dogs all week. Just saying. So uh, eat one and take one, and uh, you'll be you'll be a blessing. Anyway, uh, that no no cost. Uh, obviously, that's going on right after service, and then uh, Monday <coughs> Acts program meeting. Yes. Monday evening, uh, the Bible study, Grow Bible Study is on summer break. Tuesday, there will be no ladies' prayer. And I know uh, the first Tuesday of the month is corporate prayer, but because it's on the 4th, we are not going to have uh, corporate prayer on that Tuesday. But we do need to pray. So Wednesday is going to be dedicated to corporate prayer. So uh, if you've never been to a corporate prayer meeting on Tuesday because of work or whatever, come on Wednesday night 
and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray at 7 o'clock. And I want us to pray for our nation, pray for our country, pray for uh, our community, pray for revival. Uh, but, you know, the Lord is still moving and he is still filling because as long as we're here, somebody else still needs to be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. So. Uh, men's care group Thursday, early morning prayer Friday, and a youth boosters breakfast on Saturday. And we'll have district camp meeting the next week. And there will be uh, no Wednesday night service on July 13th. And a lot of things going on in July. We're going to have a youth boosters meeting uh, <clears throat> pretty quickly to get organized for Sweet Corn Festival. So uh, those of you involved in that be listening for those announcements. But we're glad. All of you are in the house of the Lord. I appreciate all of those helping, working. There's some over in the kitchen area now getting all the hot dogs and everything ready. So uh, thank you for all of those. We're getting ask our ushers to come, wait on us, and uh, receive our Sunday morning ties, offering, building fund. We appreciate your giving. And... Um, If you want to go on a crash diet, ask the doctor to give you norovirus, and you you will crash. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah! But uh, not the best way. I don't recommend it. Hallelujah, Lord. We pray that you will bless every gift and giver, and we pray you will keep your hand on us all in Jesus' name. Amen.
So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. We always like to take a moment and welcome some guests and some that we've just been missing. And first, I'd like to start off. It's so great to see the Paydars. Something just very comfortable feels over here, seeing the Paydars over there. Brother Heath, Sister Jennifer, Sister Kaylee, and Sister Abigail Lewis, no longer Paydar, Sister Abigail Lewis, and her baby Emery, who I think they must have had to step out, which I can relate to. I understand. So good to have them here. Also great to have some other uh, family visitors from uh, Florida, uh, Chandra, jo and then her children, Joseph, Samson, Alexander, and Isabella. We're happy all of them could be in the house of the Lord with us. I also like to welcome, um, sitting over here with the Halls, this is Caleb Hall's best friend, Jacob Collins. We're happy that he's able to be in the house of the Lord. And Praise report, Caleb is graduating from boot camp, his kind of first leg of training there at this Friday. So he's not, not completely finished yet, but he's done with his first part and on to the next start. So praise the Lord. That's a, that's a testimony. Also like to welcome Brian Miller. Happy he's able to be in the house of the Lord with us. And we have some uh, visitors uh, with the Farsons today. Uh, Angie Gibson from Rhode Island. We're happy she's able to be here. And good to see uh, Brother Steve, Sister Alexis Pritchett. We're happy they're able to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And I'm sure I missed some. Good to see Brother Sister Galoni. We're, we're happy that they're able to be here all the way from California. If you're a visitor and I missed you, I do apologize, but we're so happy that you are here. Um, after service, I know we have a lot of fun and games to get to, but if you would stop by the Connect Center first, we do have a gift bag for you. We'd like to let you know more about our church and get to know you a little bit more. If you will turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Today, you know, it's July 2nd. We're celebrating our independence as a country. This verse says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm thankful to be an American. I'm thankful to be in a free country. But even being a U.S. citizen and being in a free country, there's a lot of spirits, there's a lot of junk out there that can bind us up and can hold us captive. But I'm here to let you know that there is a spirit here this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You can be freed today. Amen. If you believe that, can you begin to lift up your hands and just begin to worship Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your freedom.
of the Lord. You may be seated. Brother Galoni is going to come. He is no stranger to us. His family were in this community and Catholic and they went to school down here just on Newark Catholic, drove by this church and it took the Lord bringing him all the way to San Diego and to a little church. How large was that little church when you went out there? It was at Imperial Beach that you all went to when you, about seven, in 1971? How, how, how many people were there? Oh, probably a handful. More soldiers. More soldiers came than had in the church. So, you know, when somebody says, well, I need a big group to have a move of God, let me just tell you, God can move whether by two or three. When they get together, more soldiers came in and got the Holy Ghost, 1971, great revival. I'm expecting God to do it again and again and again. An instrumental for his family. He was serving as a Navy SEAL and has decorated. And so on this day, it's an honor not only to have Brother Galoni as a man of God, a pastor that's retired, but as a former veteran. So, I mean, a veteran, a former military man. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Showstrand. We give you honor and your wife and ministry team. Let's give them a hand. The whole ministry team at Christian Apostolic Church. And it is our celebration. Of course, Tuesday is the 4th of July. We celebrate here today and we thank God. We thank God for this liberty. This liberty is not ex realized everywhere in the world. And there are those today who are underground worshiping, if you will, in places where they have to hide out and cannot sing as we sing loudly like this because they will be arrested. 
Let's not take that liberty for granted because we're living in a time, I believe we're living in those days when this wonderful liberty, would, some would like to take it from us. Amen. And thank God for those who've already gone before us, like the song said, land where our fathers have died and laid down their lives to give us this liberty today. I just feel like sharing a testimony along that line as I wasn't going to, but I got saved in 1971. I still had one more Vietnam tour to do. My good friend, all my friends got out. They were at the end of their time. They got out and went on some of the Bible school and other things, missionary work. God called them to. I had one more tour to do. And we would base out of the Philippines. We'd go there. Our home base within the Philippines and along the Post City area, Subic Bay. Some of you old sailors probably have been there before. And we would go in and out of country to do our missions. And um, if you go to, just back up here, you go to Fort Pierce, Florida. There's a UDC SEAL Museum there. And they have a special room, kind of like your prayer room there, designated or in honor of all the SEAL team, UDT SEAL team members who died in Vietnam. Goes around the room, each one, a picture with the little story on it, goes around the room. The last picture on the wall is a man by the name of Spence Dry. Spence Dry took my place on that last mission. He was the last SEAL to be killed in Vietnam. I stand here today because somebody was praying. And now here we go back to the Philippines. We are preparing to go on that mission. And out of nowhere, and I connected already, being a born again, brand new convert, I immediately connected with our missionaries in Manila, the Mallorys, the Nepstads, and the Adams. But that's four hours away. I'm down in Alangapo City. We're preparing, getting our gear together, getting our weapons together to go on this upcoming mission. And out of the blue, Brother Mallory shows up. At the base. I said, Brother Barry, what are you doing here? What did you come down here for? He said, we were praying at four in the morning, five o'clock prayer in the morning. And God told us to come down here and talk to you. You don't want, you're not to go on that mission. And I knew God was speaking to me. So after we had our time together and they dropped me back at the base, I went and set, went, knocked on the office door and lo and behold, it was like, Eight or ten, eight to nine o'clock at night, the XO, the CO, was in his office, and I confessed to him, "I need to step back and step away from this situation," and I resigned myself there from that mission. And like I said, that's the mission. The last SEAL team guy, he took my place. His name is on the wall of being the last SEAL team in Vietnam. I thank God for our military. And if you have military people in your family that are serving today, and God bless the young man that is now graduating from boot camp, keep these men and women in your prayers. They do go into harm's way. They do go into situations where they don't know. They may not come home. We pray they will. But God bless them and keep them. And thank God for this liberty. I've been coming here back home since... About 1972, saved, of course. I came home before that, but I wasn't where I should have been. I'd hang out at the clubs, not the church. 
1972, I got to meet this great church, this great church family. You have been so good to us, so kind to us. We're just so glad to be here today and celebrate with you at, uh, this wonderful freedom on the 4th of July weekend. Praise God. Let's go to the Word of the Lord. I know we have a great celebration in the coming, so let's go to the Word of the Lord. Would you stand with me as we turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 10? We're reading from the story in 1 Kings concerning the Queen of Sheba's visit to the house of God. 1 Kings chapter 10. Oh, thank God for our media room up there. They are right on it. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 4. Let's begin at verse 4. When the Queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house, and the house that he had built, and verse 5, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Another translation says she was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed. This morning I want to talk to you on this thought, the value of the house of God. The value of the house of God. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for this great day of celebration, the liberty, the freedom to worship you. We ask you to bless your word today. Let the anointing of the Spirit be upon us. And may these words, this message be an edification and a blessing to the body of Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. First of all, let me pose this question a little bit different. How valuable is the house of God to you? How valuable is the, we're talking about the house of God. This gathering here today, how valuable is that to you? Now we will come back to our text and the Queen of Sheba just in a few moments. But first I'd like to go to the scripture and see what the Bible says concerning the house of God. Here is what King David felt concerning the house of the Lord. 84 Psalm verse 10. For a day, just one day, in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, if you an usher, a janitor, whatever, in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. This the man after God's own heart. The man that became the king over Israel, his desire was, I want to go up to the house of the Lord. I'd rather work in God's kingdom somewhere doing something than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Simply put, in our language today, it might read like this. The worst day living for God is better than the best day living for the devil. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Praise God. King David has being the king, could have anything he desired. But his affections, his priorities, his desires centered around the house of God. Look at these scriptures again. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 26, 8 of Psalm. Lord, I've loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. 27, verse 4 of Psalms. One thing I desire to the Lord, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord to acquire in his temple. David's saying, my number one priority in my life is being in the house of God. 
That's right up here. A lot of other things down here, but that's my number one priority. That day comes around, that night comes around, we're going to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. And of course, this wonderful scripture, Psalm 122, verse 1, I was sad. I was too tired. But we hear the other thing. Pastor, I'm just too tired tonight. I'm just too busy right now. That's not what David said. I was glad when they said unto me, what day is it? It's the day to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. So again, I ask you the question, how valuable is the house of God to you? We found out to the world, the house of God, the church, is not regarded as a valuable asset. For in 2020, maybe not here in Ohio, but in California, we were told by high officials, the church is not essential in your life anymore. In fact, we don't want you together. Be, stay home. There's a crisis. There's a situation. And I don't know why it was back here, but the churches were basically shut down. And we went outside and did other things to worship as we did. They said the church is something that could be eliminated from your life during a time of crisis. But the truth is, I said the truth is, the house of God is more essential to our lives than any other organization, any other association, than in a crisis, than anything else. Being here together. And I thank God. i just take a side note here, uh, Pastor. I know you know Pat, uh, our superintendent, Brother Hodges. He alone went to the Supreme Court and argued the case that it's, it's, it's constitutional right and freedom that the church will be open on, on the house day for the house of the Lord. And he won his case. And we thank God for his courage to stand up and take it to the Supreme Court. Amen. A Gallup poll was done during the pandemic that we went through back in 2020. And in the survey, they found out their, their final finding was only one group only one group of people had improved the mental health of others during the pandemic. That group were those who attended the house of God weekly. Amen. The only group that really helped others improve their mental health during the time of crisis were those that, you know what, we got to be in the house of God. I'm here to say the house of God is more valuable to our lives than anything else in our life. Psalm 35, 18. And if you want to look at the highlighted verse, you can shout it out, the word there. I will give thee thanks in the congregation. I will praise thee among much people. At home, in solitude, alone. It said, I want to be in the house of God. That's where I'm going to worship you. Psalm 107, 32, exalt him also in the congregation of the people. And praise him in the assembly. 122, we've already said, let us go in into the house of the Lord. 150, verse 1, praise God in his sanctuary. 77, 13, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Thank God for modern technology. Internet and all that goes with it, and I can't keep up with it, but right now, Brother Sharp's probably watching this, and Brother Sharp sends his love, and he loves this church. This church meant a lot to him. 
These people here on the platform helped him as of Christ's time. And he tunes in almost every week. But thank God for the internet that we can do that. But the internet and online services will never take the place of gathering together as we are here today. In person, together in the house of God. And thank God for the technology that someone is homebound and cannot get here. And there's no way to be. They're in a hospital. They're in a home. Thank God for that. But if they're able to get up and come, that's where they should be. And if you're online today and you know you should be here, your seat is empty. We invite you to come on to the house of the Lord. Praise God. Psalm 63 verse 2. To see thy power and thy glory as so as I have seen thee. In the sanctuary. 149 verse 1. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise in the congregation of the saints. 134 verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Why don't we do that? We're right in the sanctuary. Let's lift up our hands right now. We praise you, Lord. We're here together in one mind, in one accord to exalt and magnify you in the house of God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ himself set the example he believed in and practiced weekly attendance. This is the Son of God. He was omnipotent. He was omniscient. He knows all things. He would not need to be there to be taught anything. But he said, I'm going to go up every week on what they call the Sabbath and be in the house of God. Luke 4, 16, it says, as his, meaning Jesus, his custom, his practice was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Every week, he was taken to the house of God. 1820 of Matthew, where two, or Jesus said this, where two or three are gathered together, not sitting at home, where they're coming together, even just two or three, like he said, a small congregation, gathered together in my name. Guess what? There I'm going to be in the midst of them. And I believe Christ intended his disciples, after he rose back into heaven, to practice what he taught them regular attendance. And they did. This was their tradition. Acts 2 verse 1, the first place we see the birth of the church, they were all in one place. They were all together. 1126, they assembled themselves with the church. 1427 of Acts, they gathered the church together. 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, when you come together in the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 23, the whole church should come together into one place. What's the address here? 22 North 23rd Street. It's a place together together, isn't it? First Timothy 3.15, the apostle finally says, Know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church. Thank God for the church. He added this in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, even the more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. I believe the day of the Lord is approaching rapidly. So what should we do in that hour, in that day we call the last days, the latter days, the day we see the coming of the Lord? Joel prophesied this, in the day of the Lord, the last days, gather the people and sanctify the congregation. If David lived today, King David, I believe he would be in the house of God somewhere, serving. He may not be a pastor. He may be He would be serving somewhere, even if it was standing at the door. 
greeting people. David would be in the house of the Lord on the day of the Lord to worship him. Praise God. For his attitude was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David had a revelation about the house of God. I believe we need today. And we shout and rejoice over that wonderful revelation of the name of Jesus, the oneness of God, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus, the only way to be baptized. We shout about that. But we could use a fresh revelation about the need to be regularly in the house of God. How valuable is the house of God to you? Where are your priorities if, uh, in your list of priorities? The church is not a bunch of individualists going about doing their own thing on their own time, their own way. But rather, the church of Jesus Christ is a united body, also described in the scripture as a spiritual temple. 1 Peter 3, 2 and 5. You also as lively stones, you're built up a spiritual house. Ephesians 2, 21. And whom also the building fitly framed together grows up into a holy temple. We are the temple. We are the body. Ephesians 4, 6. From whom the whole body is fitly joined together. The choice is this. You can be part of just a pile of rocks at a brickyard. Or you can be fitly formed together to something beautiful. We got some contractors out here, any masons out here? You go to the brickyard, you see the pile of bricks, they're just sitting there. But if you want to have that beautiful structure to have that, you have to have this. You got to take each block one by one. And there's a master builder. There's one, we don't want to call them masons. But that's what the world calls it, the masonry work. The brick builder. The contractor. And he takes brick by brick. And he's got a blueprint. I said, the builder's got a blueprint. The spiritual builder that God's called has got a blueprint. And with that blueprint and the code that God gives him, he takes each Member each block and fits it where he feels God has called him to. That's why some people say, you know what? I think I'll just be out here in the brickyard. I don't want some bricklayer putting his hand on me and throwing some mud on me and taking this trowel and scooping here and there. But if you're only part of the body of Christ, you submit yourself to a builder. It's, we call them pastors. And they take each member and take the word of God and help us become part of what God calls a fitly framed together temple in the Lord. The house of the Lord. Amen. Now let's go back to the Queen of Sheba and the house of the value of the house of God. The passage we read from 1 Kings concerning the Queen of Sheba's visit to the house of the Lord. To me demonstrates the value. The value and the worth of going up to the house of God. The Bible says she, the queen of Sheba, came from afar. Jesus called her, uh, she, he said she came from the uttermost parts of the earth, and he called her the queen of the south. In our text, the Bible calls her, first king calls her the queen of Sheba. I believe that is where we, the world we call Yemen today. Her journey was long and difficult, about 1,400 miles. Now, how many of you go to Florida for the winter? 
If you went from Newark, Ohio to the Key West, the last dropping off place there in Florida, that's about 1,400 miles. It'd be like us in San Diego going all the way to Seattle. And there was much difficulty along the way. Rivers to cross and deserts to cross and hills and valleys and so forth and all kinds of adversity along the way. But when she got there, the long journey, it was worth the effort. That's much like it is in 2023. I know you got up today and got here, but sometimes it's not always easy. It's not always convenient. You got to make a little bit of effort to get to the house of God. But for me, I want to say it's always worth the effort it takes to get up, to put on whatever you're going to put on, to do what you got to do, to rearrange your schedule, to be in the house of God on the Sunday, on the Wednesday, on the prayer meeting. It's worth the effort it takes to be in the house of God. And it's worth getting your family there. Praise God. 1 Kings 10 and 1 again. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She had some questions in her heart that she needs some answers to. Another translation says she had problems that needed answers. She didn't come to the house of God just to see the architecture. Now it was magnificent. And it was beautiful. As we'll just show you here, the Temple of Solomon was about 180 feet long and 90 feet high and about 50 feet wide. The foundation stones were so large that even today modern engineers wonder how did they get those large stones from where they carved them out into the place where they were. It took over 3,300 men to employ to build the Temple of Solomon. The project's overseer, the general contractor, if you will, was paid not in gold or silver, but in towns. He received 20 towns or villages. He got Hebron out there and Nellie up north there. All these, he was given villages. It was such a project. Everything was covered with gold and silver. In today's value, they say, the gold would be over $195 billion worth of gold and silver $22 billion worth. But none of these things is what drew the Queen of Sheba 1,400 miles. I've got to get up to the house of God. I've heard about it and I've heard there's a man there named Solomon who's got some wisdom and some things to say to people. I've got to get up there. Why? To see the architecture? No, because I've got these problems. I've got these unanswered questions. I've got these needs in my life and I need to get up there. And I believe in 2023, in the society which we live, it is much the same way. People come through these doors not necessarily because how beautiful. It's a beautiful facility, a beautiful place to come. But they're coming because they've got problems. And they've got questions. And they've got needs in their life. They're saying, can somebody help me? They look around them in a world situation. How do I deal with the pandemic? And what about all the wars, the rumors of wars? Is there really a God? Does anybody care? Does anybody love me? Is there somebody out there that can listen to me? we got family problems. My kids come home and they're asking, what do we do about this? And they're wondering, does anybody really care? That's why they're coming. 
We thank God a great revival has taken place in our own home church since we passed the torch on to a younger minister and wife. But I'll tell you where these people are coming because it's not how beautiful the building is because they've got lots of problems. And they're wondering, can I get some help? Can I get an answer to my problems? Does anybody really care? And just like Queen of Sheba heard 1,400 miles, I don't know how the word got there, but somebody began to tell her about that that house of God that's been built. Can I tell you, I believe people all over this community and a surrounding Licking County area here, they've heard about a people down there on 23rd Street, CAC, Christian Apostolic Church. There's Pentecostals, those apostolics. And they've heard, well, you know, they can get kind of wild. You know, they used to call holy rollers. I haven't heard that in a long time. But we do have a reputation of, you know, praising God. And they've heard about that. But that, you know what? I need help. I don't care what I've heard. I'm going to check it out. Because I've been here and I've been there and I'm still the way I am and my family needs help. And so they make their way wherever, right down here to Christian Apostolic Church because they're looking for an answer. And wondering, does anybody care about my situation? Praise God. I believe today, church family, that we're going to see in this last day, especially in this last day, because believe me, many of the denominal churches, they don't have the answer. We know they don't have the answer. And we're living in critical times, perilous times. But they're going to come saying, I've tried all that, and I know you guys are different, and I've heard about this and that, but I need help. I need a miracle. And thank God we've heard about the miracles. And there's still miracles for this latter day. Church family, praise God. At the entry to Solomon's temple were two massive pillars. They were between 27 to 30 feet high, made of bronze. At the top of these large bronze pillars were two bowls filled with the oil. They would light them up, and they would light up the way when people would come in. They could see the light. There's the entrance to the house of the Lord. They gave them names. One was named Jachin. Jachin means in God's direction. And the other was named Boaz. Boaz means established in God's strength. It's only when we enter the house of God, we begin to get real direction for life. And when we come to the house of God, we begin strength to overcome the problems in our life that we're dealing with. And I will testify today, when I... First walked into that little church on 12th Street in Imperial Beach. I had a lot of problems, and I was in a, in a direction going. I was in a direction, all right. It was a downward direction, going nowhere but down to the bottomless pit, if you will. I had a lot of problems. When I walked in there and it came out, I had some direction in my life. It was upward now. I was going somewhere because I got into the house of the Lord. And I'm just giving you my testimony. I grew up 22 years prior to that time in a Catholic church here in town. Every Saturday, mom and dad would take us in to the walk into that little booth, confess our sins, made our confessions. God, I'm sorry. That was Saturday. By Monday morning, we were doing the same things again. We didn't have any strength. And when I walked out of that service that first time at that little place, well, the pastor even said, and I told him, there was a very small group, 
I didn't go back to the same thing anymore because I got some power. It's when you go to the house of God, you begin to get direction. You begin to get strength in your life to overcome those things that are battling in your life. Praise God. It's only when we begin to stray away and stay away from the house of God and not recognize the value that people begin to lose their direction. They lose their victory over sin. Their thinking gets confused and muddled and they lose their ability to resist and overcome the temptations of the world. Psalm 73 describes such a person. You read there, you see a man that's confused. He's looking at the world as if that's the way to go. He says in 73 verse 2, as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps were, had well nigh slipped. I'm lost. I'm drifting. I'm not going back there. But in verse 17 he says this, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understanded therein. Once I stepped into the house of God, I realized I've got to get back where I belong. It's going back to the house of God that gives us real direction. Praise God. Amen. Can anyone really give me the answer? That's what our world needs today. A Bible, Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2 experience will change lives. And the teaching and preaching of the Word of God will keep us. That's what our world needs today. That's found in the book of Acts. So the Queen of Sheba had many questions. But she could not find an answer until she went up to the house of God and heard the wisdom of Solomon. That was back then. Solomon is no longer around, but Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is still here. And I encourage you, make the effort that she made. Get to the house of God. Reach out to the king. Seek him for answers, because he has your answer for whatever need you may have in your life. A greater than Solomon is here today, praise God. Back to our text, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 4, as we read. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the setting of his officials, the attending of his servants in their robes, the cupbearers, the burnt offerings, he made at the temple of the Lord. It says she was overwhelmed. The New Living Translation says she was breathless. Now, it's, we've been through this recently with this, all the royal going on over in England, the royals and the king and the queen. And It's not easy to impress a queen. I mean, they have everything there is to have. Everything is the, to the 10th degree and magnificent. You can't hardly impress a queen. But when Queen of Sheba came into that place and saw what she saw, she was impressed. She was overwhelmed. It was a wow moment. What is this? Sounds like the book of Acts, chapter 2, where the, they came out of the upper room filled with the power, filled with the glory, filled with the Holy Ghost, and the people said, whoa, what is this? I mean, we go to church every Sabbath, but we've never felt this. We've never seen this. What is this? Can I say to you today in 2023, there's still the wow, the, the power, the overwhelming glory of God in the house. I felt it here today. There's something special about the house of God where people walk in those doors just like I walked in and a sailor lost and going down to hell. But whoa, I felt something when I walked in that door. 
There was an elderly sister somewhere in that building on her face in the carpet praying. And I'm telling you, the back of the hairs on the back of my head stood up. I said, whoa, this is not what I've ever felt before. It was a wow moment. And there's still that moment of wow in the church today. Praise God. Music, why don't you come on up as we close. In Solomon's temple, as we read, everything was covered with gold. The floor, the ceiling, the furnishing sparkled with gold. The house of God is where you get your sparkle back, folks. If you kind of lost your joy, you lost your sparkle, you know where you get it back? You get back to where the gold is. You get back where the glory is. And we're not talking about the sparkle today of gold or the sparkle of silver. We're talking about the inner sparkle of the joy, the peace, the shout of victory, the song of salvation that is found in the house of the Lord. Praise God. For it's only in the house of God you can come in weeping and you leave dancing. You come in mourning and you leave rejoicing. You come in sick in body and you leave healed. You come in lost, thank God, but you leave saved. You come in a child of the devil, you leave a child of God. You come in a sinner, you leave a saint. Oh yes, the house of God is a place of miracles, they sang. It's a house of miracles, folks. It's a house of miracles and wonders. Praise God. For where else can you be told the truth and love it? That old preacher that day, the first time, man, he was reading my mail, if you will, and tell me how bad I was. But you know what? I loved every minute of it. He was telling me the truth about my life, and I thank God he did. Where else can you be told all your flaws and all your failures, but you go away rejoicing as the grace of God covers them all? It's in the house of God that through, though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. It's a house of miracles. Where else can that happen? Nowhere else. It's only in the house of God we are given beauty for our ashes. We're given the oil of joy for our mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's only in the house of God that old things pass away and behold, all things become new. It's in the house of God we come in empty, but we leave with our cup running over with a fountain of living water. We're talking about the house of God. We're talking about the wow, the wow of the house of God. Why don't you stand here as I go for one more scripture. It goes on to say about her visit, what she felt as she entered the house of God and viewed everything. She said to the king, it was true report that I heard in my own land of the acts of thy wisdom. Verse 6, verse 7, how be it, however, I believe not the words until I came and my eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. It's better than I heard about. Even better than they told me about. But then she adds this. Verse 8. And she said, you know what? I don't see this everywhere. I've been to a lot of places and I got a lot of servants myself. But she said, verse 8. Happy are thy men. Happy are thy, these thy servants which stand continually before thee. She said, you know, it's not just the wisdom of the preacher. 
It's not just this magnificent place. But these people, these people are like nobody I've ever been around. In other words, it's real. It's not just a ritual to them. It's not just, you know, well, I got to go to church. Then I'm going to go right back to the way I live. These people, something about their love, their warmth, their love for God. When they worship, they're excited about it. She noticed that. Can I say 2023 people notice you and I, how we worship, how we praise. Our faith is real. And that's why they want to come back. And I pray that when people come to Christian Apostolic Church with their hard questions and their problems, their preconceived ideas about Pentecostal, they're going to say like she said, man, the half has not been told me. And you know what? I, I kind of like to be part of this family because these people love me. I felt like they care about my situation. So as we stand here today, I pose this last question again. How valuable is this house? I'm not talking about this house, the Queen of Sheba, but this house on 23rd Street, Christian Apostolic Church. How valuable is this house of God to you? We sang this wonderful old chorus about our country. This is my country. And I will stand and say, this is my country. And I will lay my life down for it. But I, before that, I want to say, this is my church, Pastor. This is my church. And when you need me, I'll be there. This is my priority. I'm going to be here with my, my attendance. And when the offering plate is passed, my tithe are going to be in there. Because this is my church. And I'm going to support it. If you feel that way, and if you're a guest today, join us. Come forward as we celebrate the wonderful value of the house of God and what it does for our lives. Let's come together. Amen. Lift up your prayer. Yes.
Love.